You're listening to She's Got Drive podcast, the podcast that inspires women to be the driver in their own life through the life and stories of black women with drive. And I'm your host, Shelley McAlpine. I'm a business consultant and executive coach and a leadership facilitator working with people and organizations to live their lives by design and not default. Welcome back to another episode of She's Got Drive. And you can hear we have a different music playing as our intro. I was grooving along to it. I love this tune. Love it. Love it. And we have this, this tune's by Dante. And Dante's our guest. Yeah, our guest today. And in fact, we had such a wonderful, rich conversation. Um, it happened when we first had our first conversation before. I always have a pre um, call with my guests and then I interview them so it happened in that conversation it happened in the interview we could we could have kept recording we could have done a whole series so um, this um, episode with Don T is we're going to do a part one for this week and then we're going to publish the next one next week there's so many beautiful insights sharings wisdom in the interview that I just didn't, I couldn't cut it all out and leave it on the cutting room floor, as they say. So what I decided to do is to publish two episodes. This is going to be the first one. Um, So thank you, Dante. And you're going to see why it's, uh, it's, it is what it is. But the music is her latest songs. And I'll I'll explain a bit more about that. And she'll be talking about that in the interview. And, um, yeah, I just loved, loved, loved it. And I'm sure that you will too. Before we get into that, I want to uh, really thank you for the messages that you're sending. I One of the things that <laughs> has really touched me is the manifesting the life that you want episode is having a really, 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 really positive impact on a number of you. And um, so much so that you're listening to it multiple times. Uh, which I love and you're taking notes and you're really implementing what you're getting. So I'm still getting messages about, about that. And uh, I'm loving that the show is growing. Help me grow this show. Help me reach more black women, women of color, women, men, anyone who's listening, but really, you know, uh, my vision is for black women to really go beyond the system and the environment and the obstacles that stand in our way of, being our great selves and having the life and the success that we want and these inspiring stories are a way of you accessing that greatness your greatness so please share the show with the people in your life invite them to listen I know that once they start listening they get hooked and then they want to hear from the other the many women who are coming and the women I've already interviewed. I've got some really great guests um, coming your way too. So share the show, review the show, go on iTunes. You can rate the show and leave your comments there. Um, Thank you so much for those of you who have done that. Okay, so let's come back to my guest, Dante. Let me tell you something about her. She is an innovator who hails from Philadelphia. She comes from a storied musical lineage. The quintessential independent artist and do-it-yourselfer added label owner to her list of accomplishments when she launched Don T. Victorious in 2014. 
Her debut album was in 2010 called Kaleidoscopic and it received international acclaim and led to stints performing with a diverse array of artists including Amy Winehouse, Marsha Ambrosius, Sharon Jones, John Legend, Esperanza Spaulding, CeeLo Green and to name a few. On her follow-up 2015 album Flight of the Don T, she shares co-production credit with her husband Jake Morelli who's a guitarist and producer. The buzz around that album got the attention of CBS and the Grammys, who in 2016 highlighted Don T as the artist of tomorrow. Waiting is a standout track on Flight of the Don T, and it could be heard on the BET film I Will Follow, which was helmed by award-winning director Ava DuVernay of Selma. We all know who she is. This past September... Her new single, Clear, was released, which features Phillies, Chill Moody, is produced by Dara Jones and Ray Angry, and she made her literary debut in a much-anticipated sourcebook anthology called Behind the Song. There's so much that Dante has achieved, is achieving her vision for where she wants to be, and so I'm so excited to introduce Dante to you. I give you Dante. Donty, thank you so much for being on She's Got Drive this week and sitting in our guest chair. Shirley, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure and I'm very honored. I'm so excited. I can't tell you. I've been looking forward to our time together, our, our interview, because when we, I want our guests to know when we first had our conversation, there were so many gems. You know, I, have, <laughs> I always have a free conversation with my guests. And mm. there were so many gems in there that I wish that we'd recorded that conversation. I feel the, I feel the same way. It was there was a lot of uh, sisterhood, right? And a lot resonated, and and yeah, yeah. So we're let, definitely kindred. So let's see, let's see what shows up today. What shows <laughs> up today? So why don't we start with you sharing with our listeners a little bit about you and what you do? And then we can start to delve more deeply. Sure, sure. Absolutely. I am a singer-songwriter. I am a producer. I am uh, an independent uh, record label owner of Detone Victorious. I am an actor. I am a debut author for a new anthology entitled Behind the Song. I'm a visionary. I'm a vegan. I'm a bonus mom. Oh, that. Yeah. Uh, I don't get paid for that. Yeah, but. that's right. Be totally funny. <laughs> so there's so much there. I want us to get to understand how you, as an artist, have developed your, uh, developed or developing, of course, your craft in different mm. domains. So mm. can we start with the one that you've held the longest? Yeah, yeah. being a singer-songwriter. Yes. The process for that, happened very young. I, I was born into a musical family. My dad is the late uh, Lee Andrews. Uh, he had a group called Lee Andrews and the Hearts. And so, you know, from a very early age, I remember music being around. We were the loudest house on the block to our neighbor's chagrin. It's amazing. I think about that today, uh, just the volume you know, how loud the music was. There were rehearsals being played, you know, 
in this living room. The, the neighbor, neighbors never complained. And today I think that there is a level that you can play music that is actually too intimidating to actually, you know, go knock on the door or call the police or whatever would to, to make a complaint because you assume that the person who is playing music that loudly that they, you know, it, I don't know, it, maybe you shouldn't do anything at all. You don't want to walk into that kind of trouble. Right. But it also imprinted in me at a very, you know, early age, six or seven, that was a constant. My, my parents were also record collectors. And so there was a lot of diversity and diversity in music that I was exposed to at a very early age. So my world was musical. And I think it was a, it was a very natural transition. It just was. The writing element for me was hand in hand. I've always resonated with um, lyrics and, and words and stories. That's been something that's always meant a lot to me. Nina Simone, Roberta Flack, mm-hmm. Otis Redding. I've always resonated with the music, but also you know, the stories that were being told. How do you move from growing up in that environment, it's your world, it's the world in which you live in, to did you choose it as a life's work or did it choose you then? I think the writing chose me. When I think about the art as it existed early on, the music moved me. The music touched me, the words drove me. There was something out there to say and people were saying something. Did it choose me? In a way it did, music resonated with me, music moved me. It was very emotional, I think. um, But I think more than that, the words chose me. My parents were activists, they, justice was a very, it was something that they would always examine. And it, it was an idea that I was always aware of. Mm-hmm. I saw words as a, a catalyst for bringing about justice, speaking, you know, speaking out, telling your story. They encouraged me to do that. So that, that part chose me. I think music chose me a little later. Mm-hmm. When did you start to perform your own music you know did you perform with your dad for example first or that you know how did that transition to you like finding your own way I did uh, perform with my dad for a number of years so my dad's life was in music a very profound event happened to him uh, as a kid at 13 years old he signed his first contract as you can wow. imagine being mm-hmm. 13 yeah. And sign, signing a contract. And of course, that was allowed back then. That is amazing because I've got a 13 year old daughter. I can't imagine her signing, can't imagine. A, legal, signing a legal yeah. document without. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah. It was an age where, you know, someone could uh, walk up to you on a street corner and, you know, while you're singing do up and say, you know, kid, I want to make you a star. And, you know, a 13, a, a contract would hold. What is unfortunate is that the contracts that he he signed early in his life actually did hold for the for his entire life. So his his royalties, you know, he was tied up in uh, class action lawsuits for the rest of his life. Wow. And so his 
experience informed my approach as you know, a young artist. And as I emerged into being an entrepreneur, it's his experience is what fires my own drive. Right. And my dad was a working class musician. You know, he had three hits as a kid. You know, they sustained him through his senior years. He was able to provide for his family, you know, a middle class lifestyle, you know, with it, like I described, within the confines of a West Philadelphia row home. It was a life of extremes. You know, our family rubbed elbows with celebrity, but he was, my dad was afraid of expansion. The idea of moving into a larger space didn't appeal to him. You know, we had wealth at times. We went to private schools, we traveled extensively, but we also endured a year without hot water. In secret, there's something in those types of experiences and those extremes that inspires. There, there's story there. There's wealth right. there. And I think having parents and, and creative parents that, like I did, it felt freeing and restrictive um, at the same time, but it 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 woke something up in me that I I it created. That was the story being you know, created. Thank you for sharing that about your dad mm-hmm. and his his experiences and then your experiences in growing up in that environment. How did that go on to define who you are today or for you to then define yourself? I think what happened was I never had the illusion of what celebrity was. There are a lot of people that desire, you know, fame and, and des- desire acknowledgement and are chasing this thing. And so once they get there and discover that, well, you know, I'm still me, and mm-hmm. but I have these things around me. I never had the leisure of that because, you know, I experienced my father at the time, you know, Dick Clark, he, you know, he was on American Bandstand. He was... Right. He was traveling the world, you know, his, it's some of his royalties, you know, of course he didn't get all of them, but some of them were coming from Japan and, you know, on these, you know, three, the three hits that he had. I had the privilege of being able to watch him, but understand the reality of, of art just being what it was. And it's, it's art, it's story. And that's all it is. And everything else is fluff. (laughs) Right. And and that may come and that may go. I think it made me a little bit more of a purist. And mm-hmm. it's grounded me in a way because I, you know, as early as last year, as you mentioned, CBS and the Grammys uh, recognized me as an artist of tomorrow. Um, of course, I, I've been here today and yesterday, but <laughs> it's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. It's it's all very grounding. I appreciate it, but it's having the experience that I've had. It helps me to just come back to the art mm. and to remind myself why I'm here, what I'm doing here. Right. Uh, I'm telling a story, and most times I'm telling my story with the hope that something resonates. And within it resonating, that it also offers uh, some help and some healing, you know, and mm-hmm. some light. And it just always gets back to that. You know, do I want it to pay the bills? Do I, you know, do I want to have success? Of course, those, those are very, 
that's a very human desire. But I'm never far away from the reality, the grounding of what is this thing that you're doing? Why are you here? What do you want to accomplish? What will continue? And what continues, I believe, is the art. 50 years from now or 70 years from now, when I'm not here, the art continues. Right. And, and nothing that I will have accumulated <laughs> physically, we'll you know, see. all of that will, you know, the, all of that will fade. The beauty in what was unfortunate for him, you know, passing and not having you know, still having these royalties tied up and, and not having the recognition that he felt that he deserved. It just, it, it was all lesson for me. Mm. And it's all, you know, I bless it. Given that you, you're a singer songwriter, an actress, you own your own label, you are now a author. What's the thread running through your art? What is the message that's that you that you want to share there are a lot of them (laughs) (laughs) messages who are the messages so there are two things one is around the idea of uh, fear and how to use fear as a catalyst one you know it's okay to be unorthodox it's okay to not have it all figured out uh i try to be stay uh very tuned in to spirit, my spirit, and also to spirit. And I want to encourage others to embrace the fear, to, to acknowledge the other half of fear, which is desire. I find that within my art, within my songs, within my writing, those themes come up a lot. That, mm-hmm. That's a theme. And so I'm touching on that. Uh, to some capacity. And then more recently, I've been, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not going to call it obsessed with birds. And this, it's interesting because our conversation, uh, you know, is coming back to um, my relationship with my own father. He had a, a nickname for me. Uh, it was Little Bird. And he never explained what it meant. But when he when he passed, it was about four in the morning. I got up in the middle of the night. I walked uh, down the hall to get a glass of water. And there was a bird. There there was a sound uh, coming from outside. And I happened to live uh, on a historic block in Philadelphia. And there was a bird sanctuary right out front. Uh, But this early morning I was very aware of this song and it was a do 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 and it really resonating with me because it was a melody but it also spoke to me and it was it was there's I can't really dumb it down it was a supernatural experience that I had and I knew in this moment that my dad had passed well he had gone into to the hospital for something routine Mm-hmm. And I didn't experience this moment as fear. It wasn't like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I hope my dad is alive. It it felt a little out of body, like I'm hearing the sound, and the sound is ushering in this new place right. for me. And I felt very st- still, 
And what preceded was eight months. It was about eight months of this bird never leaving and me hearing this tune for my entire grieving experience until I got light, until I was ushered into a new place. Right. And it was something my, my husband <laughs> pointed out. He said, you know, this is so strange. <laughs> There's this bird, he's... He's not going anywhere. He's just singing his song. And what do you think about that? And I thought, well, I think it's a message to me. And I think it's encouraging. There's something in this song. There's a spiritual piece here that's uh, encouraging to me. And it's pushing me forward. Mm -hmm. So once the grieving stopped, I noticed the bird wasn't there anymore. And the bird hasn't been back. Wow. You know. But it, it caused me to embrace and, and think about bird culture. The gift that I got by looking at culture was that little birds don't just, you know, don't fly away. That's not, that's not all they're doing. Right. That when you look deeper into bird culture, you see that birds nest and they launch and they fly right. and they soar, you know, and they land you know, and, and, and they, they dive. Their practice teaches about how to approach living. Right. And I realized up until that point, you know, when, when we talk about drive, I had been driven, uh, what I th- thought was, you know, motivated and inspired and ha- had not really take a, taken a lot of breaks in my career and mm-hmm. just, you know, had plowed along. Um, and not been conscious um, and aware of this process, this need to nest. Uh, when you nest correctly, when you home correctly, it empowers you to launch and to right, fly right. and to and to land. And guess what? There is a moment coming where you will dive, and diving does is not going to feel good. (laughs) You know, there is, in order to to rise higher, there will be the obstacle, there will be that thing in your path that stumps you. That's living, and that's okay. Um, And, you know, there's rest that comes with that and and, and homing Mm -hmm. again, you know, and, and, and discovering you know, the new place that you're going to uh, launch from after you, you know, you've homed and nested. And I would not have gotten that. I, I, you know, I would have gotten pieces of that. I know, you know, on my journey, but I wouldn't have gotten it um, as completely as, as I got it had I, you know, my father not passed and this not been my name and, you know, this mm. something that I had been, you know, kind of pushing away. And I don't even think I ever told, how about this? It was my nickname. I didn't really even share it with anybody. You know, my dad would call me that and I'd cringe a little bit. And I'm like, I know I'm not six feet. Give me a break. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's such a beautiful I say story because it is your story, but I don't want it. It's just such a series of beautiful moments that you're sharing. 
yeah, yeah just really the kind of the full circle of it the nature of you really owning your dad's name for you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and the lessons that I love that just the metaphor for life that it is um the sick this the patterns of living of of birds you know hmm. yeah that you've shared um because we nest in diff they nest in different places too you know absolutely oh they come or they come back to areas yeah. but they go off when climates require you know yeah absolutely when the climate, absolutely they go off to climates that are that serve them mm-hmm. and they can come absolutely. back but you can come back home you know you can there's so and much you, in there, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and you stop. and you need to come back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, home is important. Rest is important. Right. Launching is also important. Right. All all of the process. Diving, you know, is isn't diving is important. Yeah. And should be expected. Right. You know. Yeah. So the insights I received over that period, you know, they transformed me and they strengthened me. I'm I'm different. Everything about, you know, my art has transformed. You know, I'm in a new place with that. The stories that I'm telling, the music sounds different. Yes. You know, people listen to Flight of the Dawn T, which was, um, which album. was, yeah, it, it was my latest album. And then they listen to my newest single, uh, Clear. The, you know, it's it's different. Flight of the Dante has a more kind of traditional R&B, bluesy mm-hmm. sound, you know, for me as I listen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and this, uh, your latest one, Clear, what is it? I mean, it's more... Um, it says it's called. You say it's neo soul. I don't know what I mean. I don't know as a technical term what that means for me. You can explain it. Yeah, but there's you something know. more kind of. <laughs> What's the word? Rugged. Does that right? Yeah. Rugged yeah. soul. Yeah. More kind of earthy, but it's more earthy. Is that? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that? I mean, it's really. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a singer songwriter, so I'm doing it. But in terms of my yes, experience man. of the yeah. songs, feeling the difference and. So yeah, I'm yeah. curious about in terms of your journey, your how that shows up in in your music and how that shows up in your different forms of art that is now getting expressed as an author mm-hmm. and an actor as well. Like how that that your insight for yourself when your life through your grieving process through the loss of your dad through the relationship to Little Bird to the. Mm-hmm. Indian, or the the embracing of that part of you, and how that's, yeah. that's showing up in your, you know, why is why is it showing up in that way? And then, not why why is not a good question. How? Yeah, yeah. Question? I think all all of those are good questions. So what's interesting is in uh, 
in 2016 was this invitation to be a part of a writing project. Mm -hmm. And it was specifically an anthology entitled Behind the Song. I was very, you know, excited about the opportunity. I knew that my next step was writing. I've always dreamed of writing novels and knew that this would open the door to that. I didn't know at the time that there were several uh, New York Times bestsellers connected to the project. You know, it was a, a tentative place as well because you know, here I am, I have a music career, I've, I've expanded that to being a label owner, being mm -hmm. a producer, working in that arena. And now I'm doing this, you know, doing this other thing that I dreamed about, you know, of course, in a very unusual year. And it, it's kind of the only thing that I'm doing. What's beyond grief? You know, here my dad is, he, he's the singer and he's known and, you know, my family, I'm, I'm coming from this musical family and this is kind of what I do and I, you know, I have owned it at this point, but what about that? And so I had to go into that place and, and, and figure out what my voice sounded like on the other side of this experience mm. and who I was on the other side of this experience. You know, I knew who I was as, as an artist prior, but what did this moment call for? And what did this new place call for? You know, quite frankly, the only thing that I could do was simply writing. The piece that I chose to write is entitled Time to Soar. And the anthology is based on songs that each of us connect with. And it's not the telling of the song. It's, it's an actual story that's created where, you know, some of the themes of the song emerge. Right. So the song that I chose was uh, Amy Winehouse's October song, which is about her bird, Ava, because I'm thinking about, you know, right. bird culture. <laughs> What is also very unusual is that the only song that I worked on was a song called Clear. And so I, I got a call from the publisher, Sourcebooks, and they're, you know, they're loving my contribution. They're thinking it would be so lovely to have a companion piece with a book mm -hmm. coming out. And, you know, is there something musical that you could add? And, and I had, you know, a few songs that I'd worked on. And then all of a sudden I'm thinking, wait, but I've worked on Clear. And uh, the way that this occurred was uh, Daru Jones, who is the producer, one of the producers, along with Ray Angry. Daru is a drummer producer and uh, has worked with folks like Talib Kweli and, and uh, Jack White and, and lots of different artists. And mm -hmm. he'd sent me a track. I, you know, did kind of a rough, but he loved it and I loved it. It was, you know, it was awesome. And uh, I told him what this, what the song was about. It was the telling of, you know, the moment my dad had passed. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used the song to work through the process. Daru was on tour and I didn't know this. We had been out of touch for about six months. And he returns. And on the day he returns, I give him a call. And when he picks up, he says, Hey, 
why did you call me just now? Which was very odd for me because I'm thinking, well, is that a way to start a conversation? Right, right. <laughs> like, why? Um, I don't know. Let's just talk. And so he said, it's, this is so unusual. And I said, oh, well, let me tell you why I'm calling. And I told him. He said, um, okay, yeah, um, you know, I, it, it's fine. And I said, I said, yeah, you're, you're saying, yeah. And he's like, yeah. And so I went on to tell him that I have not experienced him in this way. And he said, well, I, I have to tell you something. The reason I asked you why you called me just now is that I was supposed to be overseas in Europe and I was called back. The plane just landed and I took a phone call. And right after that phone call, you know, I hung up. Your call came through. That call was my family member uh, expressing that my dad had passed. What? And he said, um, he said in your call, uh, and I know what this song meant for you a year ago. He said, so the timing feels really unusual and it feels divine. And I feel like something's, you know, there, there's something in the ethers working right. and that I'm supposed to say yes, because there's no way you could have known to call me just now right. to ask me this for this specific song that you'd written and the one song that you'd written that year and it be the piece that helped you through the grieving process on the day my dad dies in the moment, you know, he's like, I, you can't, you know, make this sort of thing up. No, so don't. we were both very moved by it. So yeah, where, where I am with the art today is that I'm just letting it, um, it feels like it, it has a mind of its mm. own, you know, not to say that my art had not been pure in the past. I mean, it, it's, it's shown up you know, I've allowed it to show up and it's been there for me. And it, it's, um, you know, I'm speaking about my journey and, and I have done that the whole way, but it's, it's different now. Mm. It's, uh, it's, it's different. And, you know, there, it feels there's a divine element, uh, connected to it in a way that, I've not experienced it before and I'm allowing it and I'm speaking about it. Right. And, uh, yeah. And it's leading me to some, some really grand places, you know, it, uh, <laughs> it's, um, kind of, yeah. Well, I want to say that I'm totally, moved. I mean, I've had chills as you shared that story. It feels, um, yeah, it's very moving as you share that. And, um, but I, I'm struck by, you know, when you said it is different, we trans, we transform and, and the, the loss of some, the loss of a parent, mm -hmm. um, and our grieving process is a transformational process because you can't be the same person that you were before. It right. was the way through to the art. I, you know, it, if, if I could have had my way, I think I would have, uh, what, you know, gone, over it or gone around it, mm -hmm. you know, that's, uh, those were the ways that, you know, I was seeking first. I thought, you know, how to get around this and get around this and kind of just be what I was. 
and be, you know, as motivated as I was and not necessarily thinking about birds and bird culture and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, how to live in that way. And, you know, at a certain point, I realized, no, the way, the way through is through and it's (laughs) through (laughs) and, and you're going to have to talk about it and experience it. And there's something in here. Uh, and you, you know, little, you know, little bird, go ahead, walk, walk forward. And that's what, that's what I'm doing. It's been a very rich experience mm-hmm. in that I feel more grounded than I ever have in my art. Mm-hmm. I feel more true and um, I feel more myself. And not that I had been authentic, inauthentic in the past, but I, I feel more complete and, you know, and, and somewhat fearless yeah. in some ways. I, I thought somewhere my, you know, my dad is actually giggling, going like, see, you thought it was, <laughs> I'm not sure what you thought it was, but <laughs> this is what it is. This is what it is. This, this is what, what it is. is. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, that you've, you've become more of who you really are. Yeah. So, you know, like when yeah. you say that. When you when you talk about it, isn't isn't that you weren't you were inauthentic before because that right, right. you were still being you but you were being you then and then the dis, a deeper discovery of who you are yeah and, absolutely and then, and then when we lose our not lose our fear but when we embrace fear as just hmm. a part of life. You know, yeah. part of yeah. process, a part of you know what uh, what arrives before we dive, then then you can say, well, then the, then it doesn't have to get in the way of me being more of who I am in the world. It doesn't. I don't have to stop me getting out. You know, there's some part exactly. where we kind of we when we play safer, we like you. You know who you are, but you don't necessarily want to tell everyone. You know, and then right. you, and then now it's just like, no, this is me. Hello, this yeah. is me. And it's yeah. a very different relationship to self that I'm hearing. Yeah, it's transformed me. And I, I feel more complete. Mm. And, you know, I, I couldn't have guessed that this was the gift, you know, that was waiting for me on the other side. The thing that struck me, the thing that I'm left with, the thing that's resonating, there was many things, but as usual, but... I'm really left with the power and the transformation that can happen from a grieving process when you lose a parent. It's, um, it's something so close to me. I lost my dad in 2009. And it was transformative, even in the loss, you know? And so, you know, I appreciate so much Dante sharing her experience and then what's emerged from that experience was come out of that and clear this beautiful tune um it's just one part of that transformation that's that's happened to her i love that she shared how the unanticipated or un or the surprising should i say gifts that were given to her from her dad. And I often think we don't necessarily think about what are the gifts that our parents give us when they're here actually. 
much less the gifts that our parents give us when they've passed. So, you know, perhaps this is a moment of reflection for you. If there's a parent that you can, that you've lost, you know, that's passed, you might reflect on and give thanks for the gifts that they've given you. As I give thanks for the gifts that my dad gave me. So thank you, Don, for that conversation. It's been very moving for me, very inspiring for me, and I hope that it's been inspiring for you who's listening um, to this episode. We will be back next week with another episode of Don with Don T, and as she continues our conversation and just more pieces of wisdom as we explore issues around like fear and how we can get beyond fear. Um, that that conversation comes up a lot in my interviews of course because it's one of the biggest things that gets in our way and there are many ways to look at this and you, you find your way when you can look at fear in the eye and you can find your way through so that it doesn't stop you and I love that my guests are able to explore it see it relate to it in different ways and that one of them will resonate with you will cause a breakthrough for you I always love to hear from you. Please reach out to me. My Instagram account, Shirley McAlpine. You can contact me on Facebook at She's Got Drive Facebook page. You can go to my website, um, ShirleyMcAlpine.com, and send me a message there. Thank you so much. It's just I love, love, love hearing from you. She's Got Drive is produced by Cassandra Voltolina. And the outro this week is by Don T. Thank you very much for listening. Go well and stay well. <laughs>